Pro Group Management. Workers' comp that works for you. Good morning. This is Rachel Dolan for Sam Shad on Nevada Newsmakers. Today we're talking to Greg Koenig, who's a freshman legislator uh, representing Assembly District 38 on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. Love and luck are in the air at Carson Valley Inn. $1,000 winners guaranteed every drawing night, up to $7,500 every Saturday, and $15,000 in grand prize giveaways Friday, March 31st. It's the Love and Luck Giveaways at the Carson Valley Inn. Big R in Sparks is located on Bering Boulevard next to Smith's and across from Reed High School. It's a 50,000 square foot hardware store and a whole lot more. It's huge with clothing, power equipment, tools, and of course, hardware. Big R is located on Bering Boulevard in Sparks next to Smith's and opposite Reed High School. Big R, hardware and a whole lot more. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NB Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low. And our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way. Because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. Win some Leprechaun loot during the $75,000 all-cash Go Green giveaways. More than 150 winners in all. Find your pot of gold with $15,000 in weekly cash giveaways guaranteed. And $25,000 in grand prize giveaways, including a $15,000 cash top prize. It's a good time to win at Tamarack Casino. Nevada Newsmaker Studio is located at the headquarters of the Nevada Trucking Association. Motion and purpose are a truck's greatest virtue. This is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad on No Holds Barred Political Forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers broadcast headquarters, here is Sam Shad. Good morning. We're on Nevada Newsmakers with uh, Assemblyman Greg Koenig. He's from District 38, which covers a huge piece of rural Nevada. And we're happy to have you here today. Uh, you're going to do most of the talking because I only just got my voice back. But uh, Greg is a freshman legislator, new to the assembly, but not new to politics at all. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your history coming into this real quickly, and then a little bit about what it's like to be a freshman legislature in your huge seat that you okay. have to represent. Nice being here with you, Rachel. I, I think we've probably known each other since we we're about 10 years old, I, I would know. guess. Whenever, <laughs> when, how old were you when you moved to Fallon? Uh, three. So, so we've known each so other our before whole that, lives. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I served on the Churchill County School Board for 12 years. And in that time, I also was president of NASB, which is the Nevada Association of School Boards. So I dealt with every other county in the state and got to know a lot of people. In fact, every day I run into somebody over there in the building that I knew from my school board days. And then the following school board, I served on the Churchill County Board of Commissions, so I was a county commissioner. So I think it really gives me a good perspective of government and how decisions, decisions made here in Carson affect people down the line. You know, a lot of these legislators, and, and bless their heart, but if this is the first time in politics, so they don't realize how, 
you know, what an unfunded mandate does. When, you, when you're in a budget crunch on the school board and then an unfunded mandate comes down, how, how devastating that can be. Or, or policies that affected the county that were made here. And, and I think by having kind of come up through the ranks, I think that gives me a little bit different perspective and gives me, um, gives me I, I can kind of see how it affects other people. Um, and then my experience has really, has worked out really well for, for my committee assignments. So because of my school board background, I'm on the education committee. I'm an optometrist by trade, so I'm in the health field and I'm on health and human services committee. And then because of my experience on the county commission, I'm on government affairs. So my committees go hand in hand with my experience. So, you know, we have these weeks of presentations when people come in and, and, and give the background and it's all real familiar to me because I've already sat through most of these presentations in a different capacity. So it's nice. Um, second question I think was challenges of being in such a large district. I mean, I have five counties. Right. I have all of Churchill, most of Lyon, all of Mineral, all of Esmeralda, a big chunk of Nye. So it, it's huge. And there are some difficulties in there. Um, there was a bill that came through the other day that I think positive, positively affected four of my counties, but negatively affected one of my counties. So then there's the dilemma of, yeah. do I vote yes to, to help for my counties a little bit? And it's just a little bit of help, but could disadvantage the other county quite a bit. Or do I vote no to support the one county that's a disadvantaged, you know, but then I'm going against potentially the best interest of my other four counties. So it, it's such a big area with such diverse right. needs that it, it makes it tough. And, and water issues are, are really difficult. I mean, yeah. it's raining again outside, right, as we speak. So water probably isn't that big of an issue this year. But, you know, if, there's, if we're struggling and, and we're back in the drought, the city of, that's upstream versus the city that's downstream, I've got more than one river that has upstream communities and downstream communities. And their needs are going to be different from each other. And so... When it comes to a water bill, again, how do I balance, well, I'll, I'll side with the upstream city and the downstream right. cities out of luck, or I'm going to side with the downstream city and the upstream city, you know, is going to be yeah. disadvantaged. So, so yeah, being with such a huge district at points has its challenges. That's interesting. It really brings you back in those situations to founding principles and, and foundations rather yeah. than interest-based politics. You really have to go back to your roots and you to, do. to first principles almost. And it's easy to just say, well, I'm going to look at the numbers. This, this one where I was talking the four versus one, the one county that was, that was potentially disadvantaged was Esmeralda, which you know has a thousand people in it. So do I say, well, I have more voters in my other four counties, right. so I'm going to forget yeah. about poor little Esmeralda, but I'm still supposed still to, represent. I need to represent them. And so, right. yeah. so yeah, it makes it, makes it challenging. That's interesting. And then you've talked a little bit, um, we've talked about the party politics and the, how that's structured. Um, having a Republican governor and then this the situation you're in in the assembly, talk about that a little bit. So, yeah, so being a, a freshman in the super minority, right. it's kind of easy just to get ignored a little bit, I think. Um, but it is really refreshing to have a Republican governor. I mean, the, the example we've already had is SB 124. When SB 124 came out, it passed on the Senate side directly along party lines. So all the Democrats voted for it, all the Republicans voted against it. And then it comes over to the assembly for us to vote on it. And all of us, all of us super minority decided that you know we were going to oppose that bill 
because we didn't like it. And word got out that the governor didn't support it either, and he was oh. potentially going to veto it. <coughs> so the, they came back with an amendment, and we still didn't really like the bill, but the amendment was maybe a little bit in the right direction. They came with a second amendment, and they came with a third amendment. So by the time it got to us, we voted on the bill with three amendments, and we voted it, that it passed. But previously, if if there was a Democratic governor in there, the original version that right. was completely along party lines would have passed that you know we didn't support at all. And so now I think because of the threat of the veto, I think we'll be seeing a lot of their bills with amendments on them. So you know it might not be perfect, better, but it's, it's, it's a lot yeah, it's a lot better and more, more down the middle than just completely along party lines. So I think Good. having that having that threat of the veto is going to Gonna let us see a lot of amendments this session, I think. <laughs> All right. When we come back, uh, we'll take a little break, but let's talk about some of the other bills that you have going and how you've gotten them to get okay. here. Thanks. All right. We'll be back on Nevada Newsmakers. Pro Group Management is the place where companies can find workers' comp solutions that are designed to meet their specific business requirements. As regulations evolve, Pro Group takes a proactive approach to clear the path to make sure your business stays ahead of the curve. Knowing your workers' comp program is optimized, you can focus on other important matters related to your growing business. Pro Group Management, workers' comp that works for you. Early in the morning or throughout the night, professional truck drivers are on the job, serving you, safely moving freight that's crucial to our economy. From the oldest industries, to our newest innovators. From the exotic to the everyday, trucks are everywhere, moving everything. Never afraid to embrace a future that makes Nevada and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development, building community with every project, adding beauty, adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, Go to tollsdevelopment.com, tollsdevelopment.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers. We're back on Nevada Newsmakers. I'm Rachel Dolan for Sam Shad, barely with a voice. <laughs> Greg, thanks for putting up with us. We're with Assemblyman Greg Koenig. He's from District 38. And we're talking about some of the bills that he's got going this session. I'm going to let you talk because this is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so it's being a freshman, like I said, in the super minority is interesting. And, and when it comes to bills, you know, we, as freshmen, we get five bills. And so, um, you know, there's, there's policy and then there's politics. So, of course, in an ideal world, you know, you want to use your bills to, to change the world. Okay, yeah, I want to right. re <laughs> reform the election <coughs> process, you know, protect the Second Amendment. Um, you know, be fiscally responsible. I mean, th those are your, your core values. And, and so you actually have the option of, could I put out a, like, 
Greg Hafen has a voter ID bill, which they did a poll statewide and 74% of the people in the state um, support voter ID. Yet, being in the super minority, right. the Democrats control every single committee and the chance of that ever getting out of committee and getting a hearing is you know, next to none. If you put a, you know, anything to have to do with abortion or anything that has to do with gun rights, they're not gonna make it out of committee. So your choices are, do I put something up there that I'm pretty passionate about but I know has zero chance of, of passing when you're in the super minority? Or do you, so what I've done is I've chose to use my bills on things that I think will pass and that'll benefit my constituents. Like um, I've got a board, I've got a bill that's working with the Board of Optometry that's gonna implement some, some telehealth into optometry. <laughs> so I mean the perfect example for that one is I have, I checked, I have over 500 patients from Round Mountain and Tonopah. Wow. And so if you come to my office to get contacts, I give you a pair of contacts, I make sure you can see out of them, I make sure they fit okay, and then I said, this is a trial pair, I need to see you back in a week for a five minute follow up, and at that point, I'll finalize your prescription. Right. So these people are driving almost three hours to come to my office for a five minute check for contacts that are working just fine. Right. So in this bill, the initial <coughs> visit has to be with me, face to face with the optometrist, but that five minute follow up, as long as everything's okay, can be done telemedically. And so I think that'll, that'll benefit my rural constituents and, yeah. and something that I think has some pretty good bipartisan support and I think we're gonna get it passed. That makes sense. So, so yeah, so the other bill that I'm doing that really helps the rurals is my bill that creates the rural emergency hospitals. So right now, as far as what a medical, medical Facility is is defined in NRS, and there's a list of 18 different things that are defined as medical um, offices or medical facilities. And so all I'm doing is adding to adding number 19 at the bottom of that is rural medical uh, rural emergency hospitals. And with that not being <coughs> specified in NRS, they're not eligible to apply to be reimbursed by Medicare or Medicaid. And without those funding, those places financially just can't can't stay afloat, they just can't stay open. And so by adding <coughs> that to the definition, now they can apply and get reimbursed by Medicare and Medicaid. And, and those are the facilities that are gonna, this is not anything that's gonna go on in the big cities, this is only out in the rurals and it's gonna, it, it's gonna help you know, the healthcare and the, avail the availability of people getting treatment they need out in the rurals. So, so I was really looking to, uh, to, to benefit the rurals with, uh, with my bills. And, and there's some controversy now, and, and, and I'm not sure who's starting it, but they're wanting to start to call the rurals, they want to call it frontier counties instead of rural counties. <coughs> to me, if it's a mining county, if it's a mining county, it's a frontier county. If it's a farming county, then it's a rural. So uh, I don't know who gets to set that definition, but there's a little bit of argument going on there. And will designation of No, the, it's okay. just what you call it. <coughs> yeah. Um, another bill I had, <coughs> and I actually have it on hold, is it was the one that would tax electric vehicles right. for, for being on the highway. Right. Because right now, a big portion of the funding that upkeeps our highways is done with gas tax. So if you have a gas vehicle at the pump, every time you get gas, a, you know, a few cents go into the highway fund and help maintain the highways. 
But if you're driving an electric vehicle, you're not contributing to that. So the electric vehicles weigh at least twice as much. That new electrical Hummer weighs like 9,000 pounds. And the electric trucks weigh about 4,500 pounds. And the electric vehicles regular weigh twice as much because of the battery. So in my mind, it wasn't fair that they would drive on the road putting more wear and tear because they're a lot heavier and not contributing to that. And then in the governor's state of the state, he said, I'm going to put a hiatus on all gas tax for the year. So if my inequality was it's not fair that gas people pay tax but electric people don't, at the same point now gas people aren't paying any tax. So I put that bill on hold. I don't think it would be fair to charge the electrical vehicle people tax right. and not charge the gas users tax. So at this point nobody's paying tax and, and, and that bill is on hold just to make sure that that, that goes through. But, that's just an idea potentially for the future. Okay. And then talk about your um, county attorney bill. So that hearing was last Tuesday, and that was my first presentation. So my very first presentation is a bill that's taking on the district attorneys. So I would have really liked my first presentation to be the one where I add a n number three words to the list of, at the bottom of 19 and call it good. Um, but yeah, the district attorneys aren't really happy with me right now or with that bill at all. So what does the bill do? So what it does is it allows a county to hire their own legal counsel. So right now, the counties have to use the district attorney to represent them, to be their, their legal representation. The county commission. The county commission <coughs> has to, and, and the whole county. I mean, the, the, they're there on the, for the library board. They're there for any, any time, you know, the, the county needs legal advice or legal representation. They, you know, it's being done by district attorneys. And the one important part of this legislation is it's enabling, which if you're a county that is happy with your, with the district attorney and your, the way things are going, then you don't have to do anything. You can totally keep the, the arrangement the way it is and it, everything goes on, you know, status quo. But if you're one of the counties that is not all the way happy or would rather have your own attorneys to be giving you advice or defending you if you need to, then you can make that change. But it is enabling, and, and I think most counties are probably pretty happy where they're at and can just stay doing what they're doing, but I think there are a few that aren't. A little bit interesting in that hearing is, privately, I had a handful of people that were really in favor of that and thought it's a great idea, but publicly wouldn't come out and Oh, say really? anything because if the bill, <coughs> for some reason, the bill doesn't pass, now you've alienated your district attorney and then you still have to work with them. And, right. and you know, there's a lot of conflicts of interest in there. I, I, the, the one, and not to throw anyone under the bus at all, but the one they kept saying, the, the point they kept bringing up was who are they accountable to? Who are they accountable to? Who, you know? Well, in Churchill County, the actual attorney that represents the county was there reading the statement in opposition for the district attorneys. So if you're a county commission, all you want is a county commission or as an attorney that has your best interest in heart. If that same person who represents you is there reading the statement <coughs> for the district attorney's office, who do they, who are they, you know, who are they yeah. holding to? Are they right. are they <coughs> holding to the county or are they holding to the district attorney and so 
I think that kind of illustrated to me where there needs to be a separation. What the conflicts can be. Yeah, I mean, especially <coughs> as far as public defenders go. I mean, they had some say in some contracts and things with public defenders. And, you know, your public defending your, your DAs are doing this all the time. Why should the one hand have a say in what, in anything to do with the other person that you're going up against? And right. so, so I think there needs to be a separation there. And, uh, but yeah, the district attorneys weren't Not real pleased. thrilled with that <laughs> one. So yeah, nothing well, like making a lot of enemies <coughs> on your very first bill. Well, <laughs> it's politics, right? You're getting your feet wet. They're wet right now, <laughs> for sure. Right. Well, we'll take another little break and we'll be back on Nevada Newsmakers. Love and luck are in the air at Carson Valley Inn. $1,000 winners guaranteed every drawing night, up to $7,500 every Saturday, and $15,000 in grand prize giveaways Friday, March 31st. It's the Love and Luck Giveaways at the Carson Valley Inn. Hi, I'm Renee Summerauer, digital news anchor here at 7 at 7. Watch our streaming nonstop newscast immediately with your mobile phone. 7 at 7 is the new way for you to get every bit of local news you need in just seven minutes. Breaking news, local neighborhood news, weather and sports are just a click away. Reporters bring you all of what's happening in the valley from Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, YouTube and more. Get every bit of local news you need from the RJ and LVRJ.com. Like a traditional handmade basket, retail is woven into the fabric of life in Nevada. From big box to mom and pop, retail supports our communities in countless ways. Jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over 1 in 10 workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail. R-A-N-N-V dot org. Imagine a magical garden that feeds Carson City's hungry and homeless, teaches our high school students agriculture, creates hanging floral displays to beautify downtown, and yet charges nothing. It's not magic. It's the Greenhouse Project. It's real. It's growing. And it needs your help. Go online to CarsonCityGreenhouse.org so together we can grow it forward. This is Nevada Newsmakers. We're back on Nevada Newsmakers with Assemblyman Greg Koenig from District 38. He's a freshman this year and he's learning the art of horse trading. <laughs> so uh, how is that all going? And that's kind of the most interesting part of where you're at with the super majority, super Super minor. minority. Yeah. Yeah, it puts you in an interesting spot. Yeah, I, I, I like the term horse trading. You know, coming from my background out in Churchill County and out in the, the rurals where, you know, on county commissioners, all three of us were pretty conservative Republicans. And, and so that's all you've dealt with before. And, and now you come into Carson and and you know we're in, we're in the super minority and that and that changes things a little bit um, but yeah i think you know there there's policy and there's politics and and i feel pretty confident with with my policy but the the, the game of politics when you get over here is a, is a whole different different beast for me it's something that you know you have to learn um, so there's seven freshmen republicans and there's also seven freshmen democrat on the assemblies on the assembly side so we went through 
I think nine days of training with it was all as a group. So you got to know you know the whole group pretty good. So yeah. so you know I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with with the freshman Democrats and and a handful of the incoming Democrats I feel like I you know friendly with and, and some of them you know probably don't even know my name yet but but that's you know they're busy doing other things on yeah. on their end but um, you know you come to realize real quick that. Uh, that there is definitely some politics involved that you know if you want to pass pass your bills you've got to first off you've got to get it out of committee and have a hearing and when every single chairperson of every single committee is a democrat that potentially you know you could just get shut out there's right. a chance that none of your bills get hearings and then would would we even come for so right. um, but i found that you, you know there's there's certain lines you're not going to cross. I mean, I have my core values, and if 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 a bill is you know has anything to do with those core values, there's there's no compromise. But a lot of times, there's you you have to get signatures on each other's bills, and and if I want to get my bill out of hearing, it'll it looks a whole lot better if I have you know a handful of Democratic signatures on my bill instead of if I just submit it with all the Republican signatures on there. You know that how much weight does that carry? So. So there's always a little bit of a trade trade off going on where you're like, okay, I'll sign your Democratic bill if you sign sign mine, and right. you know, and there's some that they're you know not heavy or maybe a little silly. Like there was a Democratic Assemblywoman who wanted to create an esports day, you know, for gaming, right. just yeah. to just to give some recognition to the kids who are into esports. Okay. I play a little bit of video game. I have nothing against that, so I, you know, I'm like, sure, I'll sign your esports bill day, and then in return, she signed one of my bills. And so, my last bill that I just had, the rural emergency hospital one, I had, right. I think, seven Republican <coughs> signatures on it and five Democrat signatures on it, in, including a, a chairwoman. So, um, you know, I think things like that is going to help my bills get hearings and. And you have to learn that, yeah, I, I'll sign a few of your bills if, if you sign my bill. And, yeah. you know, part of you, you're just going to sit there and pound your hand on the table. But then at the end of the session, you got a sore hand and you didn't accomplish a single right. thing. So, you, you know, you have to, you have to learn well, a little bit of give and take. And I think that's important because adding those three words to the bottom of that bill is going to matter so much to rural Nevada. Right. And it's horse trading that matters. Yes. And and it's you know not too controversial, and I think it can yeah. be fairly nonpartisan. Just like with my telehealth bill, like they yeah. can say you know I'm champion for my rurals, and they can see that, and they'll say okay, you know, I'll go ahead and sign that one. Right. But by signing it, when they come to me with something, I you know you you, you got to sign some of theirs too. Right. You just got to be careful. I mean, you got to be careful what you right. sign, but yeah, yeah you got to work together. If you yeah. you got to work together, or, or you're just going to not get anything done at all. So well, it sounds like you're just off to a good start. Oh, sometimes <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. Well, we're grateful for you for doing this, and grateful for you for coming today. So thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today on Nevada Newsmakers. Modern Boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions. Stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suites. Brand your event throughout the property. Flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization. 
take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. With Nevada's only transplant center and verified burn center, the science is here. With award-winning cardiologist and the state's only dedicated heart failure clinic, the talent is here. With Nevada's most advanced robotic surgery, the technology is here. And with the Silver State's only designated pediatric trauma center, hope is here. All because we are here. UMC. As always, you can watch Nevada Newsmakers 24 hours a day at NevadaNewsmakers.com. We'll see you on the next show.